Welcome to another bombastic topic episode from the NPCs for the week of November 21st, 2020. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book. Or is it? Games have evolved greatly over the last 20 to 25 years, from the sprites of yore to the dynamic, ray-traced environments that make you wonder if you're looking at a game or if it feels like it could be real life. One of those parts that has also evolved with video games has been the stories. From the comically tragic demise of Gruntilda the Witch and Banjo-Kazooie to the would-you-kindly scrawled on the walls of Rapture in Bioshock, you can't deny that the writers and storytellers at the developers we've come to know and love are expanding their horizons and bringing a much greater depth to the medium that is video games. If you haven't guessed it, this week's topic is Top Stories in Video Games. My name is Travis, and of course, I am joined by Preston. What's up? Nice, nice, nice intro, Sherm. Nice. A little bit better than the the cheat one last week, right? It was a little better, yeah. I like this one. A lot. Nice job. <laughs> and and of course, Kyle's here with us too. Hello. Hey, buddy. What's up? You're not uh, gonna give him any props, Kyle? Yeah, no. It was it was good. It was good. <laughs> no, 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 fuck him. He's a he's he's a cunt, Sherm. I loved it. <laughs> it's like it's like being it's like being the little kid, you know, the toddler making the macaroni and glue picture and then handing it to your parents, and they're like, "Oh, that that's that's nice, dear," and then. You know, it gets like tossed aside. That's that's how I felt there, Kyle. So, thanks. I, I I mean, come on, come well, on. Thanks I everybody mean, for you, tuning in. This has been say? my last. Uh, this has been my last podcast here. Kyle has ruined the magic for me. I so. thought you did oh, fantastic. Wow. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> intro. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it was it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> okay, oh, calm down. Shucks, You're getting guys, a little excited. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. So. New week, new topic, and yeah, we are talking stories in video games here. Um, so we are, of course, as we started this last week, we've got a whole new format to the way that the topic works out. We will uh, each take turns nominating uh, games to actually put onto the list, and then uh, once we hit seven each, so a total of 21 on here, then we'll go ahead and get into the deliberation point to try to figure out what will make it to our top 10. So who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first Preston if you want. Does. Yeah. You want me to right, go first? Preston. All right. My first go nomination, uh, I would like to do Near Automata. Okay. It's a really good story about what it means to be human for androids. It's a lot of anime shit, but it's also got a lot of fucking heart. So Near Automata is my first one. Cool. All right, Kyle, what is your first one? Uh, my first one is Chrono Trigger. That is a good, nice one. That's a good one. Yeah. Good pull. Good pull. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, my first choice here on the list is going to be Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. What are you doing, Sher? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? All right. All right. Throwing a banger out there for you. It's it's a good story. It's a good story. Okay. What is your second pick? Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat 11. It could be a damn Even movie. That's how Mortal damn... Kombat. I swear to God. You Have you seen <laughs> the story? It is hands down amazing. Dan watched it all in cinematics because it was that fucking good. Okay. Hmm. Well, Kyle, what is uh, your second choice, sir? Hmm. Yeah. I hate I hate to be the the guy to be all uh, RPGs. Uh, no, I'm gonna go with uh, one of my other picks first. Alan Wake. Okay, good pull. 
I think that's a good choice that's there good for sure, too. I thought about that okay. one. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, I'm going to say my next pick here is going to be Halo 3 ODST. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I thought okay. Reach was always my favorite story, but ODST is not bad. Mm-hmm. Actually, so, ODST is my favorite Halo. Is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, Preston, what is your third nomination? Uh, I would like to nominate Telltale The Walking Dead, season one. Telltale's The Walking Dead, season one. Okay. Kyle, your third pick. Uh, Final Fantasy VI. Ooh, okay. All right. I will make my next pick Outer Wilds. Hmm. It's an interesting story to say the least on that one. It is an interesting story. Yeah. It's one I actually appreciate. So, Preston, you're next. What do you got? Uh, I would like to nominate Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. The best, most okay. absurd story ever. Especially the way it starts. You ain't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what's your next one, dude? I think... Uh, I think I'm going to go with KOTOR. Okay. Okay. I was actually considering a Star Wars game to at one point, but yeah, I, I was thinking about avoiding the the Star Wars, but I, I don't know. No, I, I I don't see them as necessarily like off limits, but you know, to each their own, I suppose. It's uh, your seven. You pick what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Uh, so the next one I'm going to nominate then is going to be uh, Doom 2016. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll yep. get into, okay, we'll get into that. Yep. Okay. What the fuck? Really? <laughs> okay. It's going to be one of those curveballs that smack you there right in the face. At least I, expect I, it. I, I guess. All right. What's your, uh, what's your next one then? Uh, I will do The Last of Us. Uh, the first Last of Us, I assume, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Kyle. Uh I think I'm gonna do make sure it's not Red Dead Redemption. One? Yeah, the first one. Oh fuck, are you kidding me? Damn it. Why? <laughs> I wanna do two. <laughs> He wanted to do two. In you reality, can still put you guys, two on there. You guys can put I think two, two is a better there. story, but okay. Well, <laughs> I was hoping you would say Red Dead 2 so I wouldn't have to burn one of my tricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next pick is going to be the Turing Test. What? <laughs> Goddamn, sure. You were throwing a curveball on this one. Yep, I figured you'd like that. What's your next one? I guess Red Dead 2, since Kyle fucked with it. God damn it, Kyle. <laughs> I'll do, yeah, I'll say Red Dead Redemption 2 is the better story. Okay, that's that's fine. 
I'll let you guys hash that one out at the beginning. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Kyle, <laughs> your next one. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes! Ha-ha! I did a divert a pick. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with my next one as uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Not the most recent one, but the original. Really? Mm-hmm. Man, I wouldn't even think the new one's better. Okay, whatever. Preston, you're up. It's my last one, isn't it? I think so. I will do What Remains of Edith Finch. What the absolute fuck? Okay. What remains? I know of you Edith. ain't saying that shit to me right now after you fucking put <laughs> Doom and Call of Duty on this fucking list. <laughs> I know. That's also fact. Okay. Sure, sure, I feel real bad for you. What's about to happen? I know. I'm probably about to get like smacked hard here, but that's fine. I don't give a shit. That's what makes these things interesting. Kyle, your last pick. I'm going to get smacked hard for this one. Half-Life 2. I knew it. <laughs> it's not terrible. All right. Well, uh, let me just do a quick count here just to make sure. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, I think 6, you have one more. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Okay. And uh, to round out our list here, I'm also digging into the orange box and giving us Portal. Portal 1? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? You're not even picking the better stories? No, it's Portal 2. It's Portal 2. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to get him riled up just a little bit more because I knew we were about to go into a bigger fight. I'm pissed in the nomination section by shit. (laughs) Well, there you go. That is our list of nominations. Again, as a quick recap, since that went a little slower, we got Nier Automata, Chrono Trigger, Hellblade, Send You a Sacrifice, Mortal Kombat 11, Alan Wake, Halo 3 ODST, Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1, Final Fantasy 6, Outer Wilds, Wolfenstein 2, New Colossus, Star Wars KOTOR, Doom 2016, The Last of Us, Red, Re- uh, Red Dead Redemption, The Turing Test, Red Dead Redemption 2, Ghost of Tsushima, COD 4, Modern Warfare, What Remains of Edith Finch, Half-Life 2, and Portal 2. I'm, All I'm right. astonished you guys didn't do any Spider-Man, any of the Batmans, Bioshocks. Didn't do Mass Effect. Mass Effect... Dragon Age, Witchers, Grand Theft Autos, none of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. That's in- this, this is an interesting list. <laughs> I think for a lot of the stories that we were looking at, anyway, um, I mean, you look at, like, Mass Effect, like, if you look at the way Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 all came together and the way things ended, that left a lot of people kind of sour. And it, Yeah, it, you could also argue that's know, a... Tr- That'd be best as a trilogy. No one has an amazing story, except for exactly. two's pretty good. But. They all work together, you know, versus yeah, like... I thought I mean, the same thing about Gears, actually. Well, a shock for you specifically, though, anyway, Preston, is that you don't have Bioshock on here. I did think about Bioshock, but I voted yeah. against it. Yeah. Well, I thought Bioshock uh, was more world-building versus actual plot points in the story. Mm. Okay. And you know well, how much I love my fucking Bioshock, y'all. Uh, I actually I wanted do. to put uh, Control on here. I thought about control as well. But yeah, I I thought about that too. I thought world building again. Cuz I thought that isn't the side stuff in control so much more better than than just the regular storyline. Like the guy who can't look at the fridge or whatever the hell it is. Oh, Riddle. can't look away from the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a TV or a fridge? I can't remember what it is. Uh, or maybe it's one a or the other. I, no, I think it's a fridge. Is it he a fridge? St- 
Yeah, he has to stare at the fridge, otherwise he'll be sucked into another dimension. That shit was so cool. That like all and that stuff there was always awesome. has to be someone staring at the fridge, otherwise a whole like black hole could be created on the planet or some shit like that. It was weird. I, I like your Alan Wake wow. pull better though. Alan Wake's a better one than Control. I think. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed the Alan Wake story. Guys, I think this needs to be the first debate here is Red Dead Redemption versus Red Dead Redemption 2. I think you guys need to knock this one out since this is really the only uh, duplicate going on here right now. Uh, so fill me in. I know I know Arthur dies, right? Uh, who do you play as? Because I never finished Red Dead 2. So the epilogue you play is John Marston. Uh, oh. And you play the events actually leading up basically to Red Dead 1. I honestly don't think that's even needed, to be honest, because uh, the whole story arc of Arthur is way more complete than anything they really do with John. And I don't know if you've ever played a prequel, you know exactly what was going to happen to John anyway, like mm-hmm. from Red Dead Redemption. So that wasn't needed. That was just icing, I guess, on the cake. But the actual story of Red Dead 2, the journey of Arthur and his grips of coming to grips with his own mortality and the story of loyalty it tells, I think is Far better than Red Dead Redemption, but I'm willing to hear Redemption, Red Dead Redemption story. Well, you think that one's better? I don't know. Like, I I feel like going into it, it like the the whole thing, it feels like a true redemption arc. It lives up to its title in every sense, you know. Um, just just because of the whole way the story plays out. But I don't know. Uh, it's been a long time since I played Red Dead. Um, I I suppose we probably could I would also go with argue, Red Dead 2. I don't know how you feel about this. Because like, I would say Red Dead Redemption 2 also does hit that redemption arc storyline too. Does the it? The idea that Arthur Morgan – because in the beginning, Arthur's not good. He's a bad guy. But right, as you he, watch the, him and the descent of madness that Dutch goes into – of him slowly just turning on the game, and he's realizing that you, he, he's you can see how much like, it pains. Yeah, well, yeah, you and know? you can see the pain that it actually goes through for Arthur, where he's like, "God, I, okay. goes, I love this guy, see, but he is just destroying us." And that there's see, a redemption I, I, story even for him, but that's built into the mortality motif that they use. Yeah, I, I, I know he's got tuberculosis, and I know he dies of tuberculosis. I didn't In know the end, he, yeah. he, he does actually, you know, fulfill that that redemption arc of, you know. F- being totally the good guy eventually totally. you know okay yeah and as far as I, like I, the I actual would, story say, missions they were fantastic when they did that i mean of course it's gonna be a better game I, I, it had to be it's rockstar that that's the way they work <laughs> i personally think red dead redemption is a better game as far as like when you're talking about gameplay and all that stuff i think i we, will say that um i think that's part of the reason i haven't beat two is there's just too many systems and it, it's so crap. fucking huge yeah but yeah yeah, it's, no. Uh, we could we could probably cut uh the first Red Dead. Cut it. I also thought about Red Dead Redemption right. as well, Kyle, because I enjoyed the. No, fuck don't out delete of that stuff game. here. Don't delete stuff off the list. I'm going to do something a little different now. Just kind of keep track of what everything ended up being overall. Like, so just don't delete it. Red okay. or something. Yeah. Uh, Anything marked here in red on our list? Just uh, yeah. Just that's look, what's it's been removed. Red Dead. Why don't you want to delete it? Just curious. Uh, keeping it more for just legacy purposes, just to go okay, back and okay. actually look to see. So I don't have to re-listen several times over to the uh, episode. Okay. Changes. Anyway. Uh, okay, so I wanted to bring that up just because those were really the two 
there that um I guess really need to go head to head first. Um hmm. I'll go if you don't want to. By all means do it. Uh the Turing test. I like the Turing test a lot. That storyline is so basic. It's very like, lacking too. You as have as a to rogue really... AI. Like I like the ending a lot and the the idea of that you can't uh is that the one where you, that's the one where you uh can't let the AI get back to Earth, right? Because he doesn't want you guys to overpopulate you, you or bring that cure back to in, Earth. You, you well, you can't let anyone that was on the station like the AI is trying to prevent anyone from going back to Earth. Basically, they, they have like yeah. a cure for a disease or something, right? No, yeah, so what they it is came is they the contact with a yeah. German or, or some shit. That's they right, found an alien life. Yeah, they found an alien life. They found like basically it was like they they discovered. Um, the cure uh, for cancer the cure for like everything and so yeah. with that there was a lot of kind of craziness going on there was a lot of talking about you know removing these control ai modules that i guess were in the back of their heads or something so that was all what it worked to so you had the ai that was uh making sure that you weren't a like this alien being itself or anything that was actually the whole point of the testing was to make sure you weren't and then it was also hearing towards the end of the story itself though too you're actually hearing more of the logs and more of the voices from the former well i guess your your colleagues you know up there in space i i like the approach to the story too i really like a lot of the sci-fi anyway um but i I guess i can kind of lean into that the ai you know compelling you not to do something and your 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 cohorts telling you to do something else it i would argue also like aren't some of the best storytelling elements kind of hidden in that game through bonus stages very much so, I felt. Oh like. yeah, that you have to go off to the side to do stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not or a... it's it's not it's not like you have to hit those. And I think that's mm-hmm. some of the best stuff, like where you find the hidden uh, child's body. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a child, maybe, or maybe it was uh, one of the researchers. I I thought no, it was the child because she was pregnant. But yeah, th- I yeah, thought that stuff was really good. But it, right. I thought that was hidden from the story. As far as like going from place to place, mm-hmm. it was all a puzzle game. They had a really cool story at the end. I thought. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. It does have pretty, it does have kind of that standard AI wants to it seems like the AI is in too much control but is actually trying to protect and they, yeah, it kind of fits into a, a generic sci-fi narrative. So that's fine. It is gone. It is a cool story, sure. Mhm. That's why it was on the list. Why it was well, one of my nominations. I think you've gone insane there, but okay. Anyway, it's your turn to nominate one for a deletion if you don't have one. I do. Hmm. Okay, let me see here. Just kind of looking at some of these here. I think I got one. What do you got, Kyle? Doom 2016. I'm, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on. The come reason. On. So the reason why I went with the only reason I went with um, Doom 2016 over Doom Internal necessarily is because it was a being a reboot of the series itself and you having to really work through everything again, almost kind of what felt like from scratch. Like you had really no idea that you, there was any sort of relation whatsoever to the doom guy of old. Um, On top of it, of course you got Samuel Hayden that basically stabs you in the back as you're going into the very end of the game though, too. Like you have no idea he's going to do it. He's there. He locks you away in one of those hyperbaric chambers and then just credits roll. I thought that was a very good way to like a very good way to end what was a reboot of this essentially dead series. 
You know, I'm with it... you, but I feel like that's the only plot point you can really point to that isn't just the most generic Doom guy go kick the shit out of demons <laughs> storyline that I've ever seen. Like, it's and then we got Doom Eternal and let's go kick the, the fuck out of his way. And we got Doom Eternal and let's go kick the shit out of demons. Oh, and uh, platforming. Yeah, but I, I like Doom Eternal. I, uh, I know I there's, just, there's, yeah. As far as like storytelling goes, I guess for a minimalistic story, it's kind of interesting. But I th- it's no. Well, it's the fact that they try. It's the fact that we never had a real story in the original Doom games, the original uh, PC games. We never had anything like that. You know, a lot of it was just kind of to try to piece it together yourself. You had little things that tried to make a story out of it. Doom three really went a little weird with it too, and then finally we had this come out, and it was like, okay, there's actually something here. There's a little bit more substance to it. So. Okay, I I erred more. I guess I erred more on the side of caution because I thought Doom Eternal's there's nothing against Doom Eternal's story per se in my mind. I think it is a good story. It just seems like there's with how fast you're thrown into the action and how much is going on, it just seems like you're buried in so much content at once. Um, Sometimes you really even forget there's a story in the first place. There's just just a lot happening. That was my. That was my reasoning for going with Doom versus Eternal. I, I think if we had to pick one, I actually think you picked the right one. I think Doom's 2016 story is better than Doom Eternal's. But I wouldn't put either one of those even close <laughs> to the best stories ever. <laughs> Perfect, Perfectly fine. That's okay. That's okay. I am not offended. I feel like it's the gameplay that's really driving you in Doom, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's because you're... There's really... It's no holds barred. Um, you know, just... Killing demons, shooting, yeah, blowing them up. You know yeah. the uh, the uh, glory kills as well being a big part of it. That that's I think that very well could be it. But I think Doom Eternal still suffers from the same thing. Even if it does have more of an expanded story, it still suffers from it just because of how many more enemies you're fighting at one time. How many things are changing while you're fighting those enemies at one time? Agreed. You know, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think you did okay. pick the right Doom. If we were going to put a Doom, it would be Doom 2016. Okay. That's right, the well, best Doom one's... story I've ever seen, but... Hmm. Okay. Well, hmm. let's see here. What next, guys? I know I probably still have to pick one here, but I'm still having... You haven't picked one yet. Pick. I know I, I have another haven't. one if you don't. <laughs> what you got, Preston? Um. Okay, I'm sorry. And keep those Portal gears two, I just turning, Travis. You don't think Portal 2 is going to make it? I, just, I don't think Portal 2 is going to make it. It does I have a really think, good story, but uh, yeah. I think Portal's, the best thing about Portal is its charming characters. Yeah. I don't think it's actually the narrative. I think GLaDOS and Wheatley sell that fucking game. And even Shell to a point where she refuses to speak to GLaDOS. Like, not, I'm not even going to acknowledge you. And with actually, all the, shit the more you think me. about it, 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 it's actually just kind of a chunk of a story. Kind of. You know? You're you're just playing a chunk of a story. Oh, and I'm with you. Never, you, like, you sure, never I truly love those fuck- find out who Shell is, like truly who she is. You never find out, you know, what happened to the lab all the way. There's like no know. closure for you in that. Yeah, sense. there's really no closure. You're just out in the wild. Like well, I do like how Portal Two ended. Out of the lab. I gotta be honest. It, when they I just mean, kicked the, the have a box cool out, they're like, "Here, kick this with you, fucker." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like that a lot. Yeah, That's I think I just wondering. really just yeah, I just think it's character is not narrative on that. It one is show. a lot of character, I think. 
I think GLaDOS is one of the best characters ever in video games, and I think they really rely on her in that. All right. Wheatley, too. Hmm. It almost makes me wonder the same then kind of falls in line with Half-Life 2 then as well. I mean, they're all basically one in, in one shared universe. Yeah. Like the Portal games in Half-Life 2 are especially. And the fact, too, is that Half-Life 2, um, I mean, it's the whole point of the story anyway is just follow up from the first game as is, you know, the, the ramifications of what occurred in Black Mesa. But you don't necessarily get an actual lot of story out of it anyway. You're just moving from place to place. I agree. Um, you you know, only learn, yeah. You, yeah, you only learn like minor amounts of information as you go along. It's not until you actually like Ravenholm it's is one example. Anytime you meet up mm-hmm. with a with a character, that yeah. that's when you learn a chunk of story, and then it's a long bit of you know action, and and then you meet up with a character, you get a weapon, and they tell you a little bit more of what's going on, and then you mm-hmm. have a long chunk of action. And then it's a small story bit again. Exactly. It's not until you get to like Ravenholm where you get to the prison where you actually get to the Citadel or or even like the precursor to the Citadel where you're actually fighting um, in the streets just before you actually enter it. You know, um, before you so actually you mean confront Doctor Breen, you, you meet up with characters. <laughs> it's just gonna be. It's just gonna be always Pretty that. Much. It's yeah. It's not a terrible yeah. story. I. I... No, it's it, just the fact that they had to do multiple episodes of it, though, and they still haven't even concluded the story itself. Yeah, I was just, like, just going to say, I was like, if your problem is closure mm-hmm. with Portal 2, Kyle, then you got yeah. a real hard argument to make for Half-Life 2. No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to make sure I flipped around to that, because I'm like, it's it's like Valve really tries. <laughs> it's like I'm taking it with me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like Valve has okay. tried to tell a story, but I think where Valve suffers in storytelling is that it's it's their strong that's their biggest strength is also their biggest biggest weakness is that it's it's all the tech that they want to put in it's how they want to demonstrate these new advances in playing video games i kind of agree with that i think that's where they kind of suffer and it's like okay well we've got these cool things we can do now how do we get people to play a game with them in there it's like okay we'll talk about an alien invasion and the military comes in and you have to fight the aliens in the military. It's like, okay, well in the next one, let's talk about, you know, it's like, this is what happens after the aliens have finally taken over. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very long winded, small sections on top of shooting ant lions and combine and gravity guns. Although I will say throwing saw blades at, at, um, uh, head crabs. Is awesome in Ravenholm. It is pretty sweet. Yep. Anyway, all right, so that's cut. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you let that go as easily as you did, Kyle. I thought we were gonna have to have a yeah. little bit of a no. He dug his own hole. I was I I, I knew I was, I was a throwing away a pick when I threw it when I put it on there and I was if it's your, one thinking... of your favorite stories, it's one of your favorite stories, man. Like mm-hmm. there's no it, wrong answers here. That's yeah, why except no. for Turing test. <laughs> <laughs> Doom <laughs> Doom. Get the I fuck out I'm of here, gonna, I think I think I'm going I to am replace, a little blind on the favorite. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna replace really. Outer Wilds with Untitled Goose Game. I and that's was, gonna make I'm it surprised none of you spot. did that. I was expecting it forever. I was I was really and wanting to. None of you guys to. did it. I was really <laughs> wanting to. Uh sure. Tell me about Outer Wilds. Why do you think I never finished the story on this one? Um because I think the way the story is told through its mystery and its time loop, uh it I think there's a really hard entry 
barrier of entry to get into that game. And that's so that, that put me I off, can, but tell me the story if no. you think it's so good. So no, no, that's that's exactly where I can agree with you that there can be some contention in actually trying to read up on the story. It's it's a lot of back and forth. It's it's jumping from planet to planet and just like you said, you're basically doing the time warp itself to actually learn, you know, let's do the time warp again. Sorry. Um it's basically jumping through these different time loops to actually see uh, what this this precursor alien race actually was doing and what they were actually working themselves up towards um, in hopes that, you know, someone would be able to prevent the same thing happening or at least prevent it from happening in the first place. So the story can put a lot of people off by because uh, a lot of like when you hop into it, you don't really even feel like there's much of a story. It just seems like you're going to hop in. You're going to fly the ship. You're going to jump from place to place. Um, but once you actually look into the eyes of that alien statue and it kind of like unlocks all of these things uh, that's what the time for you starts. to understand. Yeah, exactly. That's when everything begins. That's when it's like you die. You're going to end up back where you started at. And now you've got all this knowledge just to carry on and continue. But uh, can you give me a quick synopsis of what the actual story is? Do you know what it, like how it went down? I, I actually don't even know what the actual whole story of Outer Wilds is. I, I was I'm just trying, wasn't able I'm, to finish it. I'm trying. Like, I don't I'm know anything about everything the here. In, I'm trying to recall or, everything here in order because you don't necessarily need to go in a certain order to actually get to the end. Um, it's just you really need to have everything kind of like unlocked and and done to actually get to the end of the game itself. Because you can jump okay. from planet to planet. Um, um, why don't you guys overall, uh, talk about another one? I'll actually just look it up real fast and see if I can get a quick synopsis. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I just feel like no, it's easier good. probably on that one, but maybe that could even be a self disqualification on it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't know. Story what else do you think, Kyle? Summary. Oh, you're deferring to me, huh? Yeah, I am actually. Full narrative. Hmm. Because, like, that's what it looks like. Is you? That's. I mean, that's what the game is. Is learning the entire entirety of the world and what this world is through each time loop like you get more and more information as you learn more and more stuff but i don't know what the mm-hmm. actual story about our wilds is are you like trying to yeah. stop the time loop from going off you're the... you're effectively trying to yes because the whole point at the end of the time loop is that the uh sun the supernova your, off, yeah right? the sun goes supernova and that was what the whole thing of this alien race was actually trying to work to prevent that's why there's all these different things testing with with gravity with black holes with with the time loops and that though too to see exactly what it can take of course part of the issue with the time loops themselves though is that that was partially a consequence of something else that they were also trying out as well uh but the whole point of it though is just to get um um it's just actually trying to i want to put this it it's it ultimately seems like the way the aliens are trying to get it to you is trying to get you to prevent it, but there's not much of a choice to do so. There, there's, It's more of a a story that seems like it has an actual end to it, like this is your end goal, but you're never going to accomplish it. it. It's watching the actual death of the universe and the recreation of it again. So it's not just your star that's blowing out. It's every other star in the universe that's also going out too. It's like the the universe is being given a hard reset and what you're seeing there at the end, even though you can't fix anything, is literally the Big Bang. So the way they're tying Outer Wilds into it is saying that it's – or the way the story supposed to go is that it's like this alien race and then what you are as a character are the precursors to what we are. They were they were there when the universe ended, and now they are seeing the – you know, they 
the as they witness it end, it's actually in reality beginning again. Okay. So it's kind of one of those stories that gets you in there that says ultimately you're it's like this is what you need to do to succeed, but you don't realize you can't necessarily succeed at the end. I'm actually okay there, with holding no, on that. There's for no a little succeeding. Bit too. Mm-hmm. Because I actually like the way they tell that story as well. Um, and I, I do like that. So, yeah, I can hold on to that for a little bit um, while I'm still... I'm still reading on the actual narrative itself. Hmm. How about uh, Walking Dead? Ooh, really? It's a pretty good one. Um... Now I can go after Wolfenstein 2 if you want. <laughs> Wolfenstein 2 is amazing as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, let me see how to explain Best Walking Dead. That relationship that you build up between Lee and Clementine is one of the better ones I've ever seen. Um preparing her for what this world is of Who's the guy who wrote Walking Dead, the comic book guy? What was his name? Oh shit. Oh, I can't even remember his name. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But like the the idea that he's created this world and how these people will fit into it and how they will continue living on. Um, the game really expresses that through the choices it makes you make. Uh, like some of the bigger ones I can think of are like what to do with the family of cannibals that you find that are eating people. Like, do you kill them? Do you leave them alive? Like, do you just walk away? Like, what do you do with that? Uh, like when you get to duck and he's been bitten by a zombie. He's just a kid, man. And you have to, you have to decide whether you're going. Like the decision you make in that one was whether you had to choose whether to kill Duck yourself and pull the trigger, or have his parents do it. So you're trying to save them from having to fucking blow their own kid's head off. The impact of those choices and the and how it builds on the grim reality of this world that they're building. Damn, I think the choices and the actual story plots that you go through on that are pretty fucking great. And then for it to all cap off with Lee getting bit and you know he's going to die. Like, there's no other option. There's no cure in this game, obviously, in this world. Right. And so when you have to say goodbye to Clementine, I think that's a perfect ending to the fucking perfect game as far as storytelling goes. It's all story, obviously, since there is no gameplay since we're talking about Telltale game here. But, like, when you think about it, that's what put Telltale on the map as far as, like, because they'd put out games like Back to the Future and Jurassic Park before. But this is what fucking put them on the map. Yeah. As far as like excellent storytelling. I don't, I don't know. know. I'd have a... maybe I maybe I just have a vendetta against that game since I was like I know you got fucked playing... on it, man. I heard yeah. Well, yeah. With like glitches and shit. Well, it's just that one trying to get out of the friggin' gym or get out of the school or whatever and it doesn't trigger an event. Uh so it keeps trying to send me back to the classroom. And That's a real fucking bummer for you, man. Because yeah, damn. everyone's moved on, and I've I've even restarted the game at this point, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? I've got like a cursed download, and it's it's not even just that it's a the cursed download. It it's been re-downloaded. Yeah, I can see why you got spoiled on that. I just think that's the as far as like those adventure games. Like, I guess that's what we'll call it, adventure game. Um. Damn, I think that's maybe the best I've ever seen. And I've played a lot of them. I played The Wolf Among Us. I played Life is Strange. I've played Jurassic Park. I've played Back to the Future. I play a lot of that shit. The only one I could think that rival would be Grim Fandango. But I think the actual impact of the choices you have to make in The Walking Dead are 
so emotional. Like, they actually feel like they have weight to the choices. It's not just something stupid like, take left path or take right. Like, whether you save a family from having to execute their own child, that's got some meat to it, man. That's that's a real fucking choice you gotta make. So, but that's my argument for Walking Dead. I don't know what you guys don't think. Don't you feel like the, the zombie game stories, like, the best of them start with, like, an early on in the outbreak, for the most part? You don't feel like you're actually, like, stuck in the middle of what the outbreak is you you're experiencing yeah, it from the like, onset because you you I'm to think if there's a one see... that's better that that's been a while i don't know i don't see many games that i i'll, I'll be honest i don't know of many zombie games that I have a good story mm-hmm. like i love yeah. dying light i love dead rising those do not have good stories dead rising so fucking goofy and you put dying last Light's of us on dead. here well, Last of Us is something else. Like, if you want to go to Last of Us, let's fucking do it. <laughs> I wasn't going after Last of Us. Like, I, I, like, like I said, I don't, I don't know many. Game. I could name way more zombie Left for Dead, like uh, Dead Island. I can name uh, yeah. Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Exactly. I can name a lot more zombie games that don't have a good story than do, is what I guess my point was on that. Yeah. But I don't know if it has They're something to do with being veterans games. of that world. I think the strong point of that is the of Telltale Walking Dead is the relationship and the innocence of Clementine being wiped away by this world because it is no, a new world. No, that's fair, and I, I totally get it because, you know, at that point, I had already um, experienced the whole thing with Duck. Um, you know, I had... That's fucking brutal, the, right? Yeah, um, that and, you know, the the moment, especially, like, when it's what it, you're right outside the camper and... Is it a chick, I think, that just walks up and blows that person away that's in your party? Oh, yeah. There's even, like, surprising moments like that, too, because, yeah, you have to decide And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, you had to pick whether or not to side with certain people, and you're like, yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, no, that one, that one blew me away. So, I, I, you know, I'll I'll step back from that one. I I just, you know, I kind of wanted to get, get a feel for that one on... You know why you had it on there. I put a lot of thought into mine, guys. <laughs> I'm not saying you didn't. So I had to circle back around on Outer Wilds to try to see if I had missed anything there because something didn't sound right about what I was talking about there. So to kind of clarify a little bit, I don't know necessarily if this will disqualify it or not anyway, based on just my ignorance of it again, but... The whole point of the story itself was the aliens were actually trying to find something that was related to being older than the universe. And out of everything they created, they were trying to send a probe to actually find this thing in particular. However, when they would send it uh, there and they could only make like the one, they would reverse time to actually send the probe basically back to themselves or, or loop it back through time every 22 minutes. After they realized that the only way they could continue doing it was to try to create a supernova with the sun, they ended up wiping their asses out. But unfortunately, the supernova uh, ends up actually being the power source for the loop system. So every time the supernova goes off, it creates enough energy to generate uh, or to actually push the time loop uh, into effect. So quite honestly, it's just always going to loop every 22 minutes. Uh 
But as the story carries on and you meet these travelers, uh, which are the same race as you are on these different planets who are also looking for different things, um, you learn more and more about them. You learn about what they're looking for. You learn about what they've seen, at least as they're on these different planets and these different moons. Um, you end up actually coming across them uh, in a kind of like quantum duplicate of themselves and you actually realize of course what was going on you finally work together um and you end up actually creating the new universe itself you end up actually using this knowledge and information to basically become this level of like god i guess if you want to call it like that and after they create the universe i don't remember this from the end of the story but it's been a year so you have to forgive me for forgetting stuff here so that's why i had to look it up but um they're actually looking on a newer or a universe that's already 14.3 billion years old with a, according to Wikipedia here, just to had to double check similar solar system with new life forms. Um, so many years, of course, after its creation, which, you know, our universe is 14.3 billion years old anyway. So that, that's that. I just wanted to make sure I circle back around on the story. So I wasn't giving any shitty information, but Did I don't you know what... this one. I got through I sure I'd finished it. I thought I did. I may have played one of those like catch up videos though too cuz there was a point when I was playing the game that I actually started to get like um near physically ill just because of like floating through space and kind of losing my right. my bearings on where I was. I remember so, I was talking about that last year in the game yeah, and stuff. But I don't remember if I did beat it. I think I actually had to do basically a TLDR on it there towards the end of it so i don't think i actually did complete this one this this one's tough for me i'm not sure yeah because... i think i think part of the issue itself is because of this the disjointing in the story itself that you have to That's kind of yeah. work from the knowledge and work from your map set in the spaceship to actually figure out where you need to go um you know to try to figure out like, okay i've been here um i've used the scanner here i've listened for a signal here i found this this alien architecture here i found the traveler here okay it's like where do i really need to point to and go next so it does require a lot of hopping. It always ends the same. It'll always end the same way, but, you but there's a real sense of satisfaction you get with that. Like mm -hmm. it feels like you discovered it. You uncovered the mystery. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's tough for me. And that, that, that deals directly with gameplay. When, when gameplay and story are interwoven like that, I find that real impressive. Yeah. And I think, well, I think the problem though still comes into it that, Outer Wilds, if because there's no real set path to actually complete the game, it could technically still be considered open world. It doesn't have anything that's extra in it, though, that says you you can go do this if you want. You can go do this if you want. It, um, but it's also not linear in the sense that you need to complete one, two, three, four, five in order. It's um, you just kind of work your way through until you actually get to the end. So I'm not sure. Let's hold on to that for now. I'm not sure. Yeah. I just what don't know. I just wondering if it was disconjointed enough. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. at 16. I, if you want to cut it, that's fine. I'm not going to fight too hard on that, but I do like, I don't know. That's hard for me to decide. No, I think what I'm going to do, though, is because of what you guys have nominated so far, I'm going to cut Modern Warfare already. The only reason for that one that I put that <laughs> on. Okay. There, but... <laughs> well, yeah, the, the reason why it ended up on here instead of the newer Modern Warfare is because, and we talked about this um in a previous episode, like a recent previous episode, sometime in the last month, the fact that we had been dealing with Call of Duty and Battlefield games and Medal of Honor games, every single one of them was specifically ingrained in World War II. 
you know, you, you couldn't escape from a game that was just World War II. And it, there wasn't anything wrong. I mean, we all remember Medal of Honor Frontline and actually running up the beach in Normandy. Love it. I think that was by far one of the, the best levels, especially at that point in time for video games. The problem, though, again, is the repetitiveness of World War II. It just you can only play so many of the of the same types of missions before it's like, OK, yeah, that's 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 World War Two for you. Uh, Modern Warfare came out while we were still in the midst of Iraq and Afghanistan. It it offered a unique take on what we were actually seeing over there and allowed us to experience it, at least at the level of a video game. You know, you didn't have to read about it in the news. You didn't have to uh, you didn't have to, you know, read a, um, a factual book or anything of sorts to actually see what was going on. You know, you could play this game and kind of have some sort of a a sense with what was happening. And then, of course, as we talked about it, too, I think either last week or the week before was the uh, nuke going off. You know, it, it was something that kind of resonated a bit with me, especially because it's like, OK, you know, there's all this talk about Iran and nuclear weapons. It's like, OK, this could be very plausible thing that might happen, you know, in the Middle East as our conflict goes on. So it was just a breath of fresh air. But compared I to agree. everything else on this list, as time has really gone on, you know, it's it hasn't necessarily held up. And I think most of it might just be more because I'm an adult and I'm seeing things differently than when I played modern war the original modern warfare back. Oh, God, what, 10, 12 years ago now? Yeah, it was 2006, I think. Yeah, somewhere between 2006 and 2008. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but uh, so that's why I'm nixing it is more just because I like the rest of the things that are on the list here, but it made the nomination for me because it felt like a breath of fresh air in the world of Call of Duty. I agree with you on that. I thought it subverted the expectations of that genre, military shooter genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I would maybe think that... That was kind of like Mass Effect, where I think the overall story trilogy of the three modern warfares should almost they work together really well. The mm -hmm. idea of an actual World War Three, what they kind of delve into, but yeah, I, I'm just I'm with you. I just don't think that'll make it. Okay, that is a good story though. It's probably the best military shooter story. Maybe I don't know. I really like the new ones. Yeah, but I do. I do agree that the remake of Modern like Warfare was warfare. the the remake of Modern Warfare was really good. I thought that was a great story, but. I think we've just been hit really hard by war video games as of late. And I think we've still got some more stuff that's coming out. Um, and even the other things here that have probably more to it in the story than, you know, modern warfare really does. So yeah, that's yeah. okay to go. So I've already nixed it. Glad we could remove four of my fucking nominations already. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you pick bad ones. I'm sticking with Pong and Tetris from now on then. Those are also not going to make it in story. <laughs> I'm just sticking with playing those games from now on. <laughs> What's the next recommendation here, guys? You're not going to like it. I think it should be Hellblade. Why? Because. Wow, that was very stern. Why? I'm sorry. I just don't think the actual point-to-point -point narrative of Hellblade <laughs> is that interesting. You watch her. All you... The best part about Hellblade is the acting of the character. It's that the is story. the best part of it. It's the visuals it's... and the acting of the character. The actual story of her dealing with her mental illness, it's it's good, but I don't know, man. It's It deals a it lot of symbolism and just hallucinations and shit and you battling a demon. 
I don't know if that seems kind of cliche in a way. I don't know. It it might lend or lean a little bit, excuse me, towards being a cliche, but it's not there. And I think really what drives the story more than anything is truly the psychosis is that we're we're used to seeing things that deal with with mythology all the time in in video games. I mean, look at how long the God of War series was going on for well before Hellblade even existed. Right. Uh, so the fact that it's a a character who is dealing with the consequences of her psychosis and that she feels like the only way for true retribution of what she is dealing with is to go and essentially fight the the gods um you know whether these are just hallucinations of hers in general or she's actually truly fighting through all of this um you know it, it really drives the point forward because especially like i'll even put this out there because kyle i know you haven't finished it but to be honest with you you probably don't really care much do you or do you really want no like... I, you can yeah all right so the way the game ends itself is that with you fighting hella at the end it at first when you finally defeat her you're defeating all the minions around there and you actually fall and collapse on the ground and then it pans over to basically hella walking away from your body while holding on to the skull of your your beloved um you know and then it immediately fades away over to being senua you know that it's like that's her itself it's like were you actually playing through like was this senua going through the actual um chaos that is the north mythology does she actually have odin's sword or was this her hmm. through her through the chaos that is her psychosis actually making her believe such and she's more so just made her way through the psychosis to this old dilapidated temple to hella to um to cert to all these other um gods and, and entities you have to fight you know does she just make her way through the psychosis to this temple and just basically live it out in her head and in reality she doesn't actually do anything you know you don't know about that part you just know that it's like she's been through fighting demons battling or or battling her own demons in that case going through the depths of hell um supposedly working her way towards the possibility of being um a part of ragnarok um you know going through odin's trials it has a layer of depth to this story that i've never experienced before and i think a lot of it lends onto the psychosis part more than anything i think it it's got a great story to it because because at least you with that at the end was everything here in her head was she just sitting in this old temple that you know and all these battles were just in her head this was the only way she could really kind of heal in one way or another or was she actually fighting the gods okay so that's a nice ambiguous ending i do like that i liked that a lot but as far as like the point-to-point -point plot of all she's doing is fighting another demon inside of her head it would have been better if they had shown some regression in deeper into her into her psychosis where like she makes some progress but then goes back they don't do that she just goes through as you say another trial it's like just another room in portal the actual middle part of hellblade is just going from point to point. It's not really doing anything as far as building on that psychosis too much. Are you talking specifically like the, the opening Odin trials? Good. Are you specifically talking the Odin trials when she has to pull the sword from the tree? As one part. But then okay. also like when you're opening those fire gates and stuff like that. Like that's all. It's just moving from point to point solving a puzzle. You weren't getting any story narrative there really. It's just her starting to battle her demons 
as far as that goes. But you don't really get that. It's a lot of symbolism in that point. And again, like, I think that just comes down to the character acting in that. It kind of reminds me of Portal, where Senua is an extremely sympathetic character. And because you get, and because of the audio direction of that game, and you get to actually hearing the voices inside your head, you are willing, you are much more able to empathize with that character. But as far as like the actual plot narrative of Hellblade, other than the ending, I think it was slow moving. And I think the evidence actually shows that because how long did it take you to get through that game? Because you got through, you were playing through the middle a long time and you're like, nothing really new to report here on this one. Like, I'm just, I'm just plowing my way. I'm just getting my way through it. The story wasn't pushing you through in the middle. Now that you've got to the end, you're like, oh, I really like that. And I'm with you. The end was awesome, but the overall story was not as good. I... I would still disagree on that fact, though, is because I really feel that where the developers went, especially as they were incorporating the level, like incorporating psychosis, like an actual psychological condition. It wasn't she was just seeing seeing things or hearing things. You know, it was the actual torment that she was feeling. Um, I just don't I feel like that as someone with a mental illness, there are always going to be those trials and tribulations. And that's I think they presented it in the best way that they absolutely could as a point to point i mean i don't think they could have really made the game any other way necessarily i don't think they could have made it in a sense that you don't just go from one place to another like they couldn't have open world it or or allowed you to make these these different choices they had to they had to make you get from point a to point b they that no, was, they totally could i played two other games recently that have that do it differently celeste is another game that deals with mental illness and the idea is oh, you're climbing yeah. a mountain um, overcoming your mental mm, illness. Okay, you can do it a different way. Night in the Woods is the same thing. It's it's a it's a story driven game that you um, overcome a mental illness. I don't even know about mental illness so much as like a, de- a depression. I don't know if you want to count depression as a mental illness, but in finding your place <laughs> in life, so you can do it. And they did it with plot by plot. I actually think those ones are better in a lot of ways because they do it with plot points throughout mm-hmm. the game. Even Celeste, which uses it in a minimalistic way. Um, I think Hellblade's a better game overall than those two with the mental illness thing, but it became but because of the art direction and the sound direction, I was able to relate to the character more than I could than a sprite in Celeste case or May the Cat in Night in the Woods. Right. But there are games that do that and they do it a different way. So it's not like that's the only way you could have done it. And even in some ways, like a game like uh, Dante's Inferno, if you wanted to go lean way more into the action heavy side. Mm-hmm. That's another game that kind of delves into that shit as well, but they just stick with a more, I don't know, commercial view on it, like where it's going to be more an action phase. So there are ways to do it, I think, that I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you that Hellblades is a wrong way to do it or anything like that, but the idea that you've never seen that before in a game, maybe you just have, I guess you haven't played those games, but I have, so that didn't hit me as much, I guess. Well, I played Night in the Woods, and I, I get what you're talking about, especially in the the world of depression. And that it, I think, what gets to me, especially with like Night in the Woods, in a, as an example, I think what really turned me off from really paying attention to a lot of the story anyway. There was a lot of the uh, you're just you're just moving around. It's just pointing and clicking. No shit, right? Um, oh, yeah, it's God. just it was it was yeah. It, it felt. <laughs> no I shit. think what happened is that is like when you're trying to be immersive in something there you want to be careful about alienating the player base. And that's where I think, you know, if we want to do the comparison of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice to Night in the Woods, I feel that Hellblade did it better. I feel that you, like, as someone who But don't you think that because of the sound direction? Because you can hear the voices in your head? Because you get to see? 
it's so much more visually stunning. Right. Isn't that the reason you think it does it better? I don't think necessarily it's the visually stunning part. I think it's what does it for me more than anything is that it I think it's the voices is really what first off hits it for me more than anything else is that you're hearing what she's hearing. You're hearing the uncertainty. You're hearing the difficulties. You're hearing that you're hearing the control that the psychosis actually has over her in night in the woods. On the other hand, though, the problem that you have though is, and again, like I was trying to say there is as someone who has suffered from depression before though, too, is that it is definitely a relatable story, but the problem though, is that, if your gameplay is specifically going to be point and click, you may not even pay attention to the story in the first place. You're just going to carry on with a lot of that. You're just, you're not going to want to like enjoy the story in the first place. So you're partially right in the sense that it's like some of the visual sense is going to help you to enjoy the story more. But I think because we're talking about two different mental illnesses here with depression versus psychosis, the psychosis, I feel like as someone who's never had it before, like, I feel like I have a better understanding of of what someone in that situation could be going through with the actual mental inner, inner struggles and the actual battle that they're facing where their mind is literally ripping them apart, telling them all of these different levels of things to do to themselves or, or to, to question themselves, to self-doubt. And I feel it's definitely a, a step above where things were at night in the woods with the level of depression that May had in there. Not saying that anything's bad with the with depression or anything per se, but... I just feel that Hellblade's story overall was better told than what Night in the Woods would have been, or what Night. In the Woods I'm was. not actually even arguing that. I was just trying. I was just trying to do that to the point of trying to undercut the idea. Talk about that the mental no illness game part, has really yeah. delved into the mental illness. No, no, it's it's no, and that's absolutely true because there's the there's the one too, especially of the. Because I'm with you. Uh, and what was the one? With, what was the one with the kid? Where maybe it was Celeste. It was the one where the father lost the kid over the uh, over the side of the boat. And no, that's right. It wasn't Celeste. Yeah. See, there's something like that too. Because yeah, of course, that's that, dealing that's with grief. That, yeah, that's a five stages of grief thing. Yeah, I thought about Ryan. Yeah. So I mean, there's that too. What I was. Okay, I don't know. so that's why I cut Ryan because I thought of things like Ryan, and I was mm-hmm. like, I eventually cut it because the actual. The actual narrative, not the ending theme or the beginning theme of acceptance that they that these mental ill that these characters with mental illness eventually reach, like I think that's an awesome ending, and that's why I think actually Hellblade has a great ending. But the actual meat of the story, mm-hmm. I don't think is engaging as far as like events that happen in the game. That's why I cut Rhyme. That's why I would cut games like Journey, where it's ambiguous storytelling with something that happens at the end. It wasn't quite as ama- as amazing, but that that's just why I cut it. I don't know what Kyle. What are you thinking on any of those? I'm so lost at this point. Out of boy, the conversation. <laughs> like, okay, sir, I have okay so if you it. want to hang on to Hellblade, what would you cut instead? Yeah, I, personally, for for me, uh, I I feel like yeah, I, I like it gives you a better understanding with the the whole sound but the the whole audio uh thing but d- does it really help the story i that d- that's d- what i think i i just don't think i think it's a really cool game sherm i told you to play it yeah. it's one of my fucking mm-hmm. favorites i love that fucking game i mean they, i think they it's have so under cool and stuff it's... going on but it, it i i don't feel like it it really furthers the story like it well, let's furthers hold on. the character so if if you wanted to cut did if you wanted to keep that sherm what would you cut instead that's the problem. I don't know. Would you pick that like over what? 
Like Halo 3 ODST? Huh. Um, there's two on here I, ha- I have uh, nothing, I know nothing about uh, as far as the whole story, and that is Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI, but I know that from a gaming perspective, those are two of, like, gaming royalty and story. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. Dan's favorite Final Fantasy, and I know the legends of Chrono Trigger, so I, I'm i not willing to really go after those right now, but... In yeah, less... and RPG, RPGs really do hold their weight when it comes to the story. Right. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's Because you think about, anyway. like, all the event-to-event things that happen, like, in those things. Yeah. And I think those well, probably are much better. One of the things... One of the things that I... One of the reasons Chrono Trigger is actually probably one of my favorite uh, Square Enix or Square RPGs is that it has so many endings and none of them is actually the wrong ending because it's a story about, you know, time travel and you're fighting an enemy that is literally attacking at all these different times, you know, in 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 the time loop. So you're fighting him at literally every final fight. Um, how do you get different endings in that? How does that work it in just, that one? Uh, part of it, um, it can depend on your party. Um, there there are certain ones, like um, if you defeat Lavos uh, right at the very beginning of the game, uh, that's a secret ending. Uh, that's like the hardest one to get. And... It's kind of a mock ending, but it is a true ending as well, uh, because basically you you started by killing the 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 evil, like because like I said, the final fight is always happening technically. Are, are, so is it like choices you're making that change the story? Yeah, it, or it, is it's it choices that you make, and uh, because you do encounter Lavos at different times, uh if you if you defeat him at one of those different times it can change how the story ends um oh okay i'm and, with you okay yeah and that's how you get one of those different endings but literally it it would be the true ending because that that's when the final fight happened for you so what's the story of chrono trigger real quick cuz like I said, this one in final fantasy 6 i have not played so i'm going to need some help on these two. okay it's if you can give sucks. me a quick, so, a quick one, I'm a little rusty on it. I'm a little rusty on it, but um, so there's this this big enemy Lavos that that has been attacking the planet, and Is he he's like been a god or an away. alien? Uh, I want to say he's an alien. Okay. Um, and so the your your Chrono is basically just this farm boy, okay. and you happen to go to the fair with this girl that she's like the town genius but she's like your best friend well she accidentally opens up a time portal and that's how you actually encounter lavos the the first time and find out that everything's going on um and that's how you kind of get sucked into this whole this whole story um and eventually you wind up basically washed up at the end of time and that that's where you gain access to all the different areas uh and and be able to jump between you know uh the the future where there's like everyone living in in domes or whatever the last of mankind living in domes on earth because everything's scorched earth basically so you're getting like alternate realities and things like that yeah okay yeah okay 
So, uh, yeah. It, I, 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 I know, know the legends of this one in Final Fantasy VI, so I know that they must have good stories. They're just not my type of games, but I'm not willing yeah, to hold that against them. Part of it is literally everyone that you recruit is someone that that is kind of tied into their own battle with Lavos in a certain in, in a, kind of in a position I, I want to say if I remember and like I said I am rusty it's been a while since I played it that that would be in a similar position to like Chrono you know that they're they're not necessarily the hero they're not necessarily you know uh but that that's not always true either I don't know it it just has it, it's a fantastic story and just the the way that it kind of is a choose your own path because it has so many endings because right. you can choose to go and you know do the final fight however you want to do it well that's what I was actually kind of asking about how that was engaged with with the alternate endings because we were talking about walking dead earlier and we're like you can make these choices but the end still happens lee is still going to die like the ending is still however you want. They just make you make really hard choices. So I was curious to see if the story is still can if there's a canon story with Chrono Trigger. Yeah, no, that that's the thing. I mean, that like all the different like 16 endings are all canon, but it it's just certain things that you do that make the final fight happen at a different time and you can basically if I remember right, you can choose whether or not to do it right then or not. Okay. I, I just needed some reference on that one. And what about Final Fantasy yeah. VI? Oh, man. Okay, so Final Fantasy VI. Kefka, crazy guy, wants to destroy the planet. You're the heroes. You go you go to stop him. Of course, he succeeds, destroys the planet. So I, And then you end up having to solve everything in the end anyway. So, I mean, it just... It's the craziest, most wild out there Final Fantasy, as far as stories go. Hmm. What do you? I don't know. Like, what about like meat to like point to point meat of the story? Like, is it like? Can you give me some like examples of like the crazy shit that happens? Since you said it's such a crazy uh, one, like, dude. what are these moments? Uh, you're asking me about a game that I played like ten years ago. <laughs> 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 you put it on here. I just want to know. <laughs> I know. Like I said, when I we started, I was shooting from the hip on this one. It's been a crazy week for me. Um, I might I cut it then know. if I can't. I, I I need to hear these moments. Like I need to know why it's better. Sherm's at least giving me. He's telling me why Hellblade is better. So I'm like I, I like that argument. I don't want to just give it to Final Fantasy VI because I know it's supposed to be good. Yeah, Man, no. you should call Dan um, if Dan was here. <laughs> He'd tell yeah, me about no, Final no Fantasy kidding. VI. I need a lifeline. I need a lifeline. Call Dan. <laughs> Dan, Preston's about to cut Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> tell him no. <laughs> He'd be on so fast. He goes, the fuck he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so what would everybody yeah, cut dude. the Sherm? Since you didn't want to cut Hellblade, what would you cut instead? So... I've been, um, I've been kind of sitting here, kind of just thinking about it a little bit more. I've been, I've been mulling this over in my head a little bit. Um, hmm. Let's cut Hellblade. Are you guys gonna even go after mine? Let's cut Hellblade. 
Well, do you need to so, hear like so? No, so uh, there, a lot of these here that I'm seeing, I'm like a lot of these I'm fully aware of, except of course for what remains of Edith Finch. I don't that that one. Uh, that was the next one I was gonna uh, go. We could talk about okay, that before I cut Hellblade, but okay. Let me. Go, I'll give you a quick thing of what Edith Finch is. You play Edith Finch. Uh, you go back to your home, uh, which is just weird looking like treehouse looking house. Like it's just built. It looks like. Someone just throws another room, keeps okay. building on a shitty room to your shitty house as it is. It's just so weird looking, and it looks like a treehouse just built up and up. The idea of the story is that your family is cursed, and um, shit just happens to the Finches. They've had the shittiest luck ever. The way it, the story introduces it is by having you go through the house and exploring your family members, your ancestors, whatever, their mm-hmm. um, their rooms. And it'll engage with you in a way – it'll make you do some sort of uh, story narrative. Uh, it's like, so just for example, you go into the baby's room who – this was a tragic death of like a two-year-old. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's like Timothy Finch or something like that. Um, and you switch and it's a baby that drowned in the tub. That's what happened to the baby. Um, that's his tragic story. The gameplay, what it does is it makes you – you go through – you switch the eyes of that character. So you're playing the baby and you're playing in a tub. And your mom is like, oh, I'll be right back. Let me grab this. And she leaves the tub in the, or the baby in the tub. And you jump, you suddenly dive into the, uh, into the water and you're like swimming around like a frog trying to gather these little things. Eventually you get stuck somewhere in like the gameplay. Like you'll get stuck in the net or something in his imagination mm-hmm. and the baby drowns. And so it does weird shit like that. There's another one where the guy was so depressed with his own life because he just didn't like the way his life was going. He was a factory worker. He actually, um, Killed himself in his – he's worked at a machine uh, auto plant kind of place, something like that, some sort of industrial plant. And he was just so bored with the monotony of it. He stuck his hand in the machine, and then he's like, well, that felt good. And he just kept going further and further into it, and eventually he killed himself doing that. And you play through all of their stories doing this shit. Like there was another one where the girl was just swinging on a tire thing, pretending she could fly. And it's a really weird – subversion of like something that's so dark but the gameplay moments of it are aren't not aren't that dark they're like kind of whimsical in a way that was so weird and so Mm -hmm. different from anything i've seen um it is close to almost like a walking simulator as far as like gameplay there is no combat there is no puzzles really if there are puzzles it's like hey figure out how to open this door it's nothing solid in that direction but so at the end you go through all your um family members deaths and everything and then either Finch just decides it's an it's also an ambiguous ending like Hellblade is where you it leaves you off deciding is your family cursed or is it just something that the curse has been built up in their heads that they believe they're going to die because of they've all heard these stories every Finch knows how each of the other Finches has died and they keep building up the curse in their own head and the game leaves you wondering on that that cliffhanger of whether it, it is that way or not. It's a damn cool fucking game. It's about three hours long. It's not very long um, because it is completely story focused. Uh, but that's why I enjoyed What Remains of Edith Finch. It was really – when we were talking about Hellblade and Outer oh, – sorry, not Hellblade, uh, Outer Wilds. As far as a game that incorporates its story into its gameplay, that's why I was so impressed with Outer Wilds too because Edith Finch does the exact same thing. And that was what I was so impressed about. And I, li- I like that. I actually like the concept of that with Edith Finch especially that – that the story itself revolves around this family and that it's they're essentially just mysteriously dying and it's only like you know the one left behind um 
it's tragic, man. It's it really it really it's seems a like sad it. game. The way I must approach it, though, more than anything, is that it seems more like it's it's almost like a series of unfortunate events that just follow the family in general. Is that it's not necessarily a curse. It's just it's it, it's almost just bad luck or just bad timing on it. And whether or not the, that's what the game leaves you interpreting. They're like, yeah. is it is it that or is it or is like are they actually cursed? What do you think? Or whether or not right. too the fact that the that it's been going on for so long that it's something that's you know stuck in the storytelling of the family that. You know, does it just carry on to the rest of the family where they're dying and such because of uh, a pure negligence or B, because they're so hyper focused on what this curse is that they end up, you know, it leads to their own demise in the first place. Not necessarily saying, you know, the baby died because of its own fault. It's, you know, it can't do anything on its own, but it was negligence no, of the mom leave it alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Um, it's a it's a weird one too. I can't remember mm-hmm. if this is what happened in the game or not. I thought that Edith Finch was pregnant too, and that's why she went back, and she was like trying to decide about the future of her baby. Like, are mm-hmm. we cursed? Is my child going to get this too? I'm not a hundred percent. If that's what happened, I'm like ninety five percent. So sure. I'm not 100% so on that. Uh, that it's just it such here, a different story than I'd seen. So I had to make sure I was kind of filling in a couple of the pieces there, since you were sounding a little uncertain yourself anyway. And it looks like that's what the case was: is that she was writing the journal to her unborn child, and it turns out that her unborn child is the one you're playing as. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she dies in childbirth. It's a. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's a weird fucking game. All right, fuck it's... it, fuck it. Made my decision. What's your decision? Hellblade's gone. I think the. See, I, I think. I'm I think sorry, sure. me, I just no, think Edith Finch is better. In no, that I think where you, I think where it sold me on it there is that as you were talking about kind of like what remains of Edith Finch, and I was kind of as you were talking, and I was trying to fill in the pieces of what you're saying by reading some of that the plot points that with that game itself. Right. I think where Hellblade's true suffering is at though. I think where the where the key part of the story, of course, is the psychosis and the events that happen alongside Senua, especially as they relate to like her mother's um, unfortunate passing because she also suffered from psychosis. So she was basically burned at the stake as a witch. Uh, the death of her father, that the death sad. of the death of her lover's father, the fact that she's trying to reclaim her her lover essentially from the the pits of hell. Um, you know, and and like I said, there is that you don't actually know if she was actually doing that or if it was her psychosis where she's actually at the dilapidated temple and she's just mentally fighting it while physically she's not actually doing anything. So but I think the I think the issue itself is that it's just it's I think the action lends more to it more than anything is that you're actually seeing these situations and then the the ending kind of blows it off. It's like, well, was it all in her head or or such? But I like the idea of what uh, with uh, what remains of Edith Finch. You should play that game, yeah. man. A lot of people should play that game. It, like I said, it's not long. It's three, four, three, four hours. It's a mm-hmm. short game. It's not hard. It's not like it's going to take you forever. With like even like, it, it, there's less to do in that game than there is Hellblade, and Hellblade's a pretty slim on gameplay as I as it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like if you want a weird game that's dark but not like Last of Us is dark too, but it's grim dark like it shows you that what remains to be the finch it leaves it to your imagination but it's pretty cool have you played that one kyle i haven't no well you guys want to try locks first and see if there's any ones we can because we're at 15 you want to see if there's any locks and then see where the fights are start trying to do locks yeah yeah it's probably worth it to do so now all right so let's kick it off from the top then with near automata that is a lock for me it's not one I played. Mm. I just know. I just 
I've seen so much of okay, the fucking cosplay. Yeah. All right, Chrono Trigger. That's a lock for me. Uh, I can lock that. Yeah, I think I think your explanation there was enough for me, Kyle. So I can lock that one as well too. Okay, so there's that. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Well, of course that's a lock for me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not not necessarily. I will you. tell you the story of Mortal Kombat. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Wake. That one's a lock for me. Uh, that one's not a lock for me. Okay. Uh, Halo 3 ODST. That is not a lock for me. Mm, not a lock for me. Yeah, and I don't know how I'm feeling about it yet either still. Mm, okay. Uh, Telltale of the Walking Dead Season 1. That's a lock for me. I think uh, you convinced me that's a lock. Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy 6. Uh, not a lock for me yet. I need to hear more. So I, I'm, I'm giving Kyle a little more time to see if he can come up with some you shit know, and make a good argument. It's been long enough that I, I can't remember enough of the story. I, I just remember Kefka being super, super crazy, and it just his descent into madness and whatnot being a major part of the story. So I, I, I don't even know if I want to defend it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he doesn't want to defend it, it sounds like we're cutting it short. Like Let's I said, keep... it's a it's a good story, but I I you I can't necessarily remember it all that well. So Preston, you're about to have a text message from Dan. He's like, "What happened? Everything <laughs> What's okay? Happening? You guys okay? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah, he just felt like he was like Yoda in uh in Revenge of the Sith when all the Jedi are being yeah. killed. He's just collapsing over, grabbing his chest because his heart is hurting. Well, he would definitely have Fire Emblem. Uh... Oh shit! Sorry, I remember. I remember you saying that. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I can fix it. That's okay. It's fine. Settle the fuck down. All right. uh, Outer Wilds is a lock for me. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Wolfenstein 2, New Colossus. Uh, I think I'm going to have to tell you guys the story of Wolfenstein. (laughs) I don't think you guys know it yet. You guys haven't played it, have you? No, I only played not, the uh, not Wolfenstein two, but okay. I, I played the spin off one. Um, was it Wolfenstein uh, Bloodlines or whatever it is? The one where you're playing as the yeah, uh, those are garbage. Yeah, that yeah. was awful. Those those uh, are not good. Kotor, that's a lock for me. I don't know. Maybe I mm. that one. Okay, I have played Kotor, but that one's been a long time. I cannot remember a lot of the story of Kotor, yeah. so I might need help on that. that one. That's part of my problem too. I think the I think the biggest thing with it though is that it's a it's a you know you're playing as the bad guy the entire time. And yeah. you don't even know it. It's I think that I, that that that's a good twist. I'm, I can't remember the meat of the story though. So yeah. I need to think on that one. Okay. Uh, Last of Us. Uh, that is a lock for me. That's a lock. Yep. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. That is also a lock for me. That's a lock. Okay. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. That is lock. also a lock. Yeah, I was say, guys. And then, of course, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. I think you convinced me on that one, Preston. It's a fucking sweet-ass game. Yeah, especially for being as short as it is. What do you think, Kyle? Mm, yeah, I think, I think... If you want to hear about it, like, we don't have to, like... I'm more than willing to let you guys... Because, I'll be honest, some of the ones we don't have highlighted, I like better than Edith Finch. Like I don't even know if it's a lock for me to be honest, because it is for I me. Know, yeah, I, you see, I, me. I, I know I, how good like Chrono I said, Trigger is. I, I'm you. You may have convinced me, but I'm just like, eh. Let, let's see what happens. You know, here. Don't that lock could that go one either way for me. Okay. 
Well, I think Nier is going to be a lock for me, though. I don't know how you're feeling, Travis, but like it's not one I played, so it's it's. I, Would you I like to hear know. the story of Nier as best as I can tell it? Well, this is a story all about how. <laughs> Please, you try and my, tell it because uh, my life got <laughs> flipped, turned upside down. I will down. try my best. So, the only problem with this game is that you need a little bit of backstory to maybe understand what the whole premise of the game is. The uh, from the first Nier, because this is actually a sequel, and actually it also takes place in the same world as Drakengard. Um, so it, I don't know if you need those things, but the information they don't give you in the beginning is that there is a project is like project Geralt, I think was the name of it. Um, at the end of near, basically humans are realized that the planet can't sustain them kind of thing. They move to the moon, um, because AI has gotten too strong or something like that. And so they, and that's what, and that's basically where near automata picks up near automata. You play as androids. Uh, you play, they're called the Yorha. You play as there's three main characters. There's 9S, A2, and B2. I think that's right. Yeah, B2 and B2 is who you start out as. Hold on, sure. Like, <laughs> this well, is a fucking game right carry here. On, okay, this carry is a fucking on. story right here. Okay. I'm gonna try it the best I can. This is so fucking crazy what this game is. Um, so you're androids, and the androids, the idea of them is to keep humanity alive while the humans are up on the moon. Um uh, they try to simulate humanity as best they can, but they're also fighting the resistance of machines. There's two different things, machines versus androids. Um, machines are supposed to be, they're not human. They're like the Terminators. They don't feel anything. Androids are supposed to somewhat feel things and do that stuff, but they're also supposed to be brutally efficient. So they're like a mix right in the middle between human and machine. Machines are on the planet and the androids are going down to stop them as best they can and stop the resistances of whatever as best they can down there. As you get down there, you realize that there are two androids that have separate or two machines that have separated themselves from the network, let's call it. Um their name are Adam and Eve. This is so anime. <laughs> it really feels like it. <laughs> they are. And uh these two are like becoming self um I don't want to say self-aware because they're all they're all self-aware as it is, but they're becoming self-reliant. Um, they can act outside the network, kind of thing, kind of like in the Matrix where Agent Smith was. Uh, they can act outside of it, so they're becoming a huge threat, and that's what A two is trying to stop. Um, as you go through various sections of the game, A two and uh, sorry, uh, sorry, B two and Nine S are uncovering things about the world. B two is actually not. Uh, B two is just going about her business. Um, slaying whatever she's killing the people, uh, killing the machines. But she'll run across machines that are displaying elements of humanity. Uh, like the biggest example I can think of is Pascal, who lives in the. He's a machine. Uh, he lives in uh the forest with a group of other machines, like kid machines. They're even children that have. Mm. They practice pacifism. They don't want to fight, and she it confuses her. She's like, how is that possible? Machines aren't supposed to feel anything. So the the game really starts delving into the idea of what it is to be human. Um, and it starts doing that with various missions with Pascal or other machines that you'll meet across like the opera boss or things like that. But these machines are becoming corrupted by Adam and Eve. And basically the first the first line ends, the first storyline, because there's actually five uh, playthroughs that you have to do on this to get the full story. The first playthrough ends with Adam and uh, Eve being defeated by... Uh, or Adam being defeated by uh, B2, and she stops his virus from spreading. She's like, okay, we're good to go. The first credits roll. So far, it's just a basic story. 
now we go into B2's story, or A, or 9S's story, who's the boy who's trying to help uh, B2. She, or he, is a hacker, so he likes, so his storyline is a lot of hacking and going through, of doing mini games to do hacking. But through his hacking, he is uh, feeling, he's starting to feel things for uh, B2, like, like, I guess love, but not really. It's not technically love, it's not horniness or anything like that, but he's feeling something. And he's, and he's getting confused on how that's possible. Um, and he's finally starting and he's uncovering things from things that you, uh, he's uncovering the ideas that you, um, the project that the humans did to, uh, project Geralt to keep them, the androids on there and keep humanity alive. It's actually failed. It did not succeed. So this whole time humans are gone, man. There are no humans left. This is the first big rug they pull out from you. They're, there is no point to the androids. The only one who knows this is the commander of the androids and now 9S. 9S is not supposed to know it because the idea is the androids will stop. They get depressed if they have no purpose, I guess, was the idea. So they will not keep functioning and keeping humanity alive if they don't think they're fighting for something. Well, 9S has now figured out that they are not fighting for anything. Um, but he's not sure if he should tell. He's not because he, cause he knows that. He, he's already feeling it. Of like, I don't want to do this anymore. What's the, what's the point of it all? And he's starting to feel things. For, but they also have seen like, well, maybe it won't. Because they're seeing these machines at the same time display elements of humanity. So they're like, maybe it won't die out. Maybe it won't. That's where that part gets all confusing. Then, so then this is run two. Run two ends with them killing Eve. Uh, and stopping her virus from spreading uh, all over the place. And then, but I can't remember if it's Eve or another machine group that infects something called the logic virus, where it acts, it makes machines act counter to what they would do. And all the other androids, 9S and A2 or B2 get infected with it. Um, and so do all the androids, the Yorha, they all get infected with it up on their little space platform up, up in space. And so everybody's turning on each other. It's getting fucking wild. And A2, this is when the A2 shows up. Um, she shows up and she's actually the first uh she's in the first group of androids that were ever created. And she just she kind of spills the information that this has been happening for a while. Um androids have been coming back and forth to try and uh keep humanity alive and the machines are trying to destroy it, but there's a failsafe on both sides that prevents it from ever being truly wiped out. And so it's kind of like how the matrix was where this is an endless cycle. This has been going on for centuries and eons like nobody knows how i can't remember if anybody ever discovers how long it's been going on but nobody knows so a2 uh since a uh b2 has been infected with this logic virus she tries to run away and get away from everybody so she doesn't infect anybody she dies she's the main character man you have to kill her in the beginning and so that's what the big rug the third one the third run pulls out is a2 kills uh b2 because she asked her to kill her but don't she, but the androids are able to upload their memories and everything they know into a uh, their I think it's their weapons or either like a computer up in their space station. I can't remember which one it is. So she's like, "Don't let me forget. Don't let me forget everything I know." Because again, they've been building their humanity throughout the first two runs of this game. She's like, "Don't let me forget." And this part starts getting really heartbreaking at this point, where it's like, "God damn, dude, I'm starting to feel for these androids and robots in ways that is really fucking weird. Like you wouldn't think you would." Then so A2 kills. Uh, B2. Then 9S sees this happen and is now pissed that because he loves B2. Um, and he sees A2 kill her, but A2 was doing an act of mercy. 
that's not good enough for 9S, obviously. They eventually come to a showdown at the, we'll call it the, I think it's called N2. Uh, it's like the architect in the Matrix, how he was, where it's like a, it's like a supreme AI being that they end up going to her palace to try and shut her down to stop this cycle kind of thing. Um, and this is where the game splits into five different endings uh, of what you can do. So you end up kill. The, I think the canon ending is that you actually let 9S, uh, you kill 9S, but you can let 9S either win or lose the final battle between her and A2. And if you let 9S win, the cycle doesn't, I think, I think it's the cycle doesn't end and he keeps the, he, but he has then has his splits into two more where he doesn't decide whether or not he has to share the information with other androids or if he lets the cycle continue, he has to decide to keep humanity alive, but it's a personal choice, but you wonder if he can do it because he's been building humanity throughout this game. They all have, um, B, uh, A2, if she wins and kills Ines, she has to fight the, um, which is route, I think, E. She has to fight the AI, which is such a weird sequence. You actually fight the end credits, shooting a little, it's a bullet time hell thing, and you have to shoot the end credits. It's like a little spaceship almost, like Galaga or something. It's such a weird thing, but that's you destroying the AI construct. Um, and if you can I do it. that was technically the uh, canon ending, because uh, you can call in other people's. To help uh, you. Yeah. Yeah, to help you. And then at the end, it asks you if you want to upload your save. And it actually deletes your save off your system. Which is your memory. You upload. Yeah. It's, it's, it's breaking it's, the fourth wall in that way. Yeah. It, it's literally your memory, your, your character's memory to, uh, of everything. I knew about that part, so. Yeah. And so, and then it ends. Um, I can't remember what the special ending is. It's something like... Um, she goes back up and has to activate the, cause she's a bit, she feels betrayed. She's a, like a rogue Android because she felt betrayed because her first run, she got killed or her whole squad got killed and they left her to die. And so she feels betrayed. So she's against like the new androids. She's like a rebel Android. That's what a two is. So I can't remember if she starts it up again or not. I can't remember that part, but this fucking story is absolutely insane. Sherm, but the parts that like make it such a good story is are the almost the smaller moments like i was talking about where um you're deciding whether or not the humanity in these things is worth saving or not if it's where you see them struggle with the idea of what it means to be human uh and they'll deal and they'll do it through a, a myriad of ways like there's one where pascal takes his small um machines to uh, a factory to keep them safe from like a giant uh machine army and he and uh, your A2 at this point, this is in the third run, uh, go and fight these androids or these uh, this giant machine army that's coming to get them. And when you come back, you see that all the kid machines have committed suicide. And he's like, what the Jesus fuck happened? What? Yeah, and he's like, what the fuck happened? And hmm. it's because they demonstrated fear. And the idea was that they didn't want to be corrupted by the machines. They were scared. So it's like that thing, like, would you shoot your kid if someone was going to kill your kid or something like that to save them the pain kind of thing? And so the machines did that. They did it to kill themselves so that they wouldn't have to do that. And it breaks Pascal in a weird way. Uh, 
because it's like, why are you, he's supposed to be a machine. He's supposed to not care, but he does. And it just breaks him. It, it breaks everything he's ever known. And he actually asks you to wipe him clean of his memories. Cause that's something that you can do in the game is whether you want to keep or lose your memory. Like Kyle was saying, you can upload it. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, right. It breaks right. the fourth wall in that way. So he asked you to do it. I can't remember if it's a choice or if you just do it, but I did. I wiped his memory clean. Cause I felt like I was sparing him his pain. But the game likes to do shit with you in that way. And it does it in a mirror. Like, that's just one example. It does it in a ton of fucking other ways of, like, really heavy-hitting moments like that that serve the overall theme of what it is to be human along with, like, just a crazy fucking anime story. I tried the best I could to fucking explain it, and I'm sure I missed a ton. Because <laughs> it's so much, Sherm. That, this story that... is absolutely fucking insane god it's like listening to if like lost had an actual good I, video game kind of like there's so many different things that are so weird god like, it's i don't know man like it's a very confusing story a lot of this stuff you can miss um i've had to li- i've had to watch a couple walkthroughs of like story explained because i i missed a bunch of this stuff so if this game does have a downfall it's that it is not made clear um because it, I don't know. I've had a problem with this with a lot of animes too, where it feels like they are just so fucking insane that I can't follow what the story is. Right. So it, in some ways it does that too. So that, I think that would be the downfall of this game if we decide to cut it, but fuck man, it's got some great fucking moments. The actual overall story and themes I think are done really well, but it just seems like it just seems like it is so convoluted. I mean, you even said it yourself. You had to go look up, other it things is. to be able to help you supplement absolutely and i played through all five endings like it is it's a t- it's it's a confusing story but i'm so glad that i played it because honestly the gameplay of near automata is not that great it's not terrible but it's just generic so mm. the story is what pushes you through that game to keep finding out what's the next thing that's going to happen because it's such crazy shit that happens but i don't know that was my that's my story of why I put Nier Automata on here. Because it's such a fucking bold story that you would even attempt to tell in a game. It almost reminds me of Metal Gear in that way, where they're just so crazy. Which, again, I'm also yeah, astonished that, you guys that, didn't put like Metal Gear 4 on here. Yeah, I, but, I wasn't in the mood to put a Metal Gear for that exact reason. Because <laughs> they're I, so confusing? Like, yeah, I felt like a Metal Gear yeah. game would definitely hit that hit that wall where it became too confusing and too mixed up like metal gear solid four is an example would not make this list regardless of it being a good story it's like you have to play the other games to really get the understanding of what the impact is of what's going on yeah for sure on four um i would think three maybe you could get away with three since three is such a prequel to all the others it doesn't really matter yeah there's part of that too um but i don't know i feel like near kind of nixes itself out because it's not necessarily that it's a bad story it's just look at how much work you have to take to be able to fill in all the gaps to actually it's get an amazing a proper story. yeah okay so i will say like the, to fill in all the gaps of like small things i'm like what did that mean like when he did like someone will say something you're like wait what does that mean because i've been playing for so long it's like a small reference to something that happened 25 hours ago that Mm -hmm. i i just missed i can't remember anymore that's the kind of stuff i had to remember or go back and watch for things the overall story arc i still knew almost all of it if not all of it like that stuff like the stuff with like pascal and the suicide machines that hit me right away i knew exactly when that happened i knew you can see the pain and shit in his eyes when b2 is killed 
and you can see that he loves her. Like all the stuff, like the emotional moments that really sell that game, those are all extremely clear. I don't want to undersell that. I'm like, I'm just saying the anime portion of this game, kind of hard to fucking follow. Okay. But I don't know, Kyle, what do you think on Nier Automata? I'm I'm for it being on the list. It's fucking but... crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Sherm. I tried my best to explain that game. It's it's extremely hard to follow. As far as like all, the, not, oh, I shouldn't say hard to follow. Remember everything that happens in the game because so I, much happens. I and feel everything like matters. Yeah. It's like feel nothing like, that uh, isn't part of it. Everything's intentional. With with how you know. convoluted a lot of that stuff is, I feel like we're both drunk sitting at a bar right now, and you're trying to tell totally. me a story, and it just it totally. <sighs> I, I I could argue like maybe it's near Automata's one you have to experience. It's. Because a lot of those moments, if you don't experience them, the fourth wall breaking, you probably don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, like that doesn't hit as hard. Those are things you need to experience. I don't know. Yeah. But see, like, I, I'm not necessarily against Kaida Churn, but I would put it over Halo and Outer Wilds. And I don't know. I need to be sold on KOTOR. I can't remember KOTOR at all, except for the, the twist reveal. Well, hit us on KOTOR really quick, Kyle, if you can give us a, a synopsis, a brief one. Uh, so, I mean, you start out, you, you're just kind of guy on the ship, um, and as it, as it progresses, I mean, of course you find out about the, the main bad guy, what was it, Malik, right? Uh, Yeah, because I, I always, uh, get the two confused when I'm talking about them, like I always call, uh, Revan Mal, yeah, well, anywho, um, you you find out about the two early on, and you're like, okay, cool. You know, you figure you're playing a Star Wars game. You're just playing as the good guy, and I I, I don't know. As, as the story progresses, you're always getting the glimpses. Um, but the the thing I enjoyed about it is the the way you could influence the characters to where when when you get the true reveal. You know the the big spoiler that you are, uh, Revan. Uh, you you can have people there that you know it, it'll be like, oh well, you're you're the bad guy. Well, let's go be the bad guys together. You know, or it'll be you know totally the opposite. It just kind of depends on how how you've tailored your party. But I guess maybe that does tie in a little bit to the characters um it feels like this know. one's all twist like yeah if it isn't it, for that it reveal is, it is, is, is the story twist. still on here what what now if it didn't have the reveal of you being the bad guy would this story still I be don't on know. here it, it'd be pretty generic i feel like See, that's why I didn't put Bioshock on mine, too. I was like, if you took the Would You Kindly out of Bioshock, it would be a generic shooter. I mean, you wake up on a spaceship that's being attacked, you crash land, you go, and then or you're on the run after you crash land. Isn't that Mass Effect 2, um, too? And then, <laughs> yeah, like, literally, I, see, see it, 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 it could be a pretty generic storyline. And then from crash landing, you have to kind of build yourself back up. You get to a, you go to the next place, and then you're you're on the offensive at that point after you do training. 
sound familiar like any other I don't know. Every other Star Wars game I've played. Yeah, that's that's really <laughs> yeah, what it's blended exactly. to. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think we cut that one then. I, I wonder if the, I wonder if Kotor needs to be cut anyway, more so because of the maybe, amount of maybe. choice in that yeah. game. Because because there's so much variance in how that game ends up actually playing out, and then of course you know, I mean, if, maybe, maybe because it, the the story is just so generic that the. It it's your choices that make up your story to it. I mean, it's cookie cutter, but you know. Yeah, I think I'm just on get. the idea that without that twist, it wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I. I, was I wonder. I wonder on. if it's like, a great twist, man. <laughs> I think it's just it because is. you've got so many Star Wars stories just told everywhere too. And I mean, you think about the number of games. Like I even considered adding uh, Force Unleashed on here as one game as well right? too. That's a good one well, too. And yeah. like I said, I was I was thinking initially that I shouldn't do any Star Wars games uh, in the first place. So well, we now maybe, learned maybe well we after the one. fact. Yep. <laughs> an hour and uh, 40 minutes into this what it looks like so let's see then okay so that one's marked off so we've still got only was that two four we only got five games locked in guys holy i'm not seeing any games locked in on mine i'm gonna reload my thing you probably should oh well yeah i'm gonna make sure i get these moved into the list here this is not necessarily in that order i'm just making sure they're there they go. Copied over here. We have how many locked? One, five. two, three, four, five. I thought we locked near. Did we? And I just missed it. Well, Sher- Sherman doesn't necessarily want it. He thinks it's pretty convoluted. I, I think it. I just it feels like it's so overbearing, and that it's like you it, should like you should not have to leave a game to get more of the story. Um, you know, to, to fill these gaps in it. I, I can sympathize with what you said, though, Preston, that it's like after playing 25 hours, they make a mention about something, you know, and it's like, like it what was, was that? It yeah. was like, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, it's like, oh, I have to go back and look that up. No, you you really shouldn't have to in a story. That's that just feels like. That just sucks. <laughs> Which is why I like shorter games usually if you're going to be a really story heavy game. Agreed. But... Agreed. There are some games that definitely lend into having the the story and like they can end up being longer, but there's got to be a limit. And with the number of endings you can have in Nier Automata to actually like go through and play, it that's what really hurts it. All right. Sell me on Alan Wake and Halo 3 ODST then over that. Uh, well, it's Halo 3 ODST and you're not playing as Master Chief. What the fuck do you want me to say? <laughs> I want you to tell me why that's better than Mortal Kombat or Wolfenstein, which also both need to be uh, on this list. <laughs> I think it's because with uh, ODST itself is that every Halo game that had already been out by that point in time, which in reality was Halo, Halo, uh, Halo, Halo 2 and Halo 3. We hadn't even made our way to Reach yet. Um, we hadn't made our way to, um, you know, we hadn't had the chaos that was Halo 4, or Halo 5. This was a Bungie game was actually seeing the events uh of Halo 2 in the eyes of just an ODST soldier and that you were, instead of just following from one point to another, um, you know, kind of like as the story went on per se, like you would in a regular, like as you would at that point in a Halo game, it's like you go here, you go here, you go here, you just load up levels. You're literally moving around the entire city of New Mombasa to learn about what happened with the rest of your ODST crew um, after they dropped and after that Covenant ship decided to go ahead and do a uh, uh, jump 
into space right there in the middle of the city. You know, Master Chief, of course, is a, a Spartan. He's a super soldier. He's one that's got the strength. He's got the speed. He's got the ability to go in and beat the shit out of just about everything. But at that point in time, the only time we'd ever seen anything of an ODST or of a of a uh, UNSC soldier was just as NPCs off to the side. Whether they jumped in your Warthog, they jumped on the side of your Scorpion tank, that was it. You didn't actually get to, you know, kind of run around as someone who wasn't necessarily invincible. So it was it was kind of like I was discussing with uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare is that it was a nice way to be able to actually see the same set of events in someone else's eyes. But again, you weren't even locked to a linear sense of things. You could actually go and figure out what happened to the rest of your ODST, ODST team in almost any way you wanted to, save for the, I believe, your actual leader, I think, was the first one you had to do. But everything else you could actually do in any order you wanted, you still got to the same ending. Um, but I just felt that that was a very nice take on the Halo universe to at least see it in a different perspective. But as far as the actual story, what do you think? What do you think? Like that that sounds like a, a nice subversion of gameplay of what you expect of the universe. Well, so the part of it, though, is that so when you... As you're playing Halo 2 as Master Chief, you're actually, I believe, on the ship when it takes off like when it actually folds out and so you don't actually get to stay in new mombasa to actually see what the destruction is you're actually in space as master chief having to go fight things and push through the rest of halo 2 um you get to at least see the rest of the story through the eyes of someone who is dropping in to not only support but also um you know has to live with the ramification or at least has to deal with the immediate ramifications of what you know, I guess Master Chief kind of lent to. So I guess in regards to the actual Halo story, it's, you know, it's a good addition to it, but it doesn't, it doesn't hold up. It really doesn't. I, I just don't, I, I think it's just the same thing as Doom as all those other ones. It's it's a generic, I don't want to say generic, but like it's, or maybe cookie cutter. Tell it through the eyes of the, the soldier is all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like it's a cool idea. I, mm. I think it is. And I think, but honestly, the thing I remember most from ODST is firefight mode. Fuck yeah, firefight. Like, that was such a cool thing. I thought that was maybe why I, I liked ODST so much. I, and for my money, I think Halo Reach is actually the best story they've ever told. Maybe Halo 3. I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't think this. any of them are particularly amazing. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. We only need to cut two, and we'll have our ten. Hmm. Which two are everybody thinking? Hmm. You know what? Uh, I'm going to make this very simple here for you guys. I'm cutting Outer Wilds. I like Outer Wilds. I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it. You made a good argument. I like that. Uh, No, I, I feel like I did, but I'm cutting it on one major technicality of that game itself that you know it's it it i think this is where it's going to hurt a little bit though is that it definitely it won game of the year from a bunch of different companies last year a bunch of different like news orgs in the gaming world i think where it comes to the problem of the story itself is that it is a shorter game but the fact that the game doesn't necessarily help you like chart out the path to kind of get from point A to point B properly, and that it relies on the time loop system for you to 
jump around and then fill in the pieces that you weren't able to get to in that 22 minute period. I feel like that could definitely be a put off to actually try to even complete the, the game in the first place to actually try to go and finish out the story. A lot of that the, is what did hold me back, but yeah. I don't I don't know how much I want to hold that against right. it. Well, I think that's, that that's what the game's going for. Like I'm not trying to hold it's right, but that's right. It. No, and that's absolutely what it is. That that's absolutely a part of the game. That's the main gameplay mechanic. Anyway, what exactly, I'm saying right? that what I'm saying though is that is that the story's good, but I think how you actually have to build out the story really relies on focusing on where you've already been so far, so you don't fall into your own self loop of revisiting these same locations you've already been at and kind of falling into that trap of never necessarily being able to complete this story in the first place that you're that you might travel to a planet and for someone who does their best to focus on this stuff may not realize after that loop and they're back on on their their main home that they need to you know move on to somewhere else you know that they may not necessarily need to revisit and that happened to me a couple times where I ended up back at the same planet and didn't fully realize it because I thought it's like, okay, I thought I've explored everything here, but for some reason something's telling me to go back here. But I didn't realize that it was that I hadn't talked to the traveler on that planet enough to actually get the proper bearings to move on to the next thing. So you're talking like after four 22-minute loop like repeats of trying to make That's sure I've gotten everything done. Yeah, exactly. Is that it, it hurts to the point. It's like repetition is your enemy in being able to complete it. Can you get it done? Yes. But I think for some people, it just, I think that's where it could definitely run into some of that problem. That's kind of like where my thought was on Nier Automata, but the difference, of course, is way more hours in Nier than there are in in Outer Wilds. Totally. So I think that's where Outer Wilds really kind of like loses it, is that the story's not bad, but as someone who's playing the game and trying to like actually build that out, you can really lose it, um, you know, and it it can really hurt your ability to kind of stay focused on what was going on, you know, and unless you start the whole game over again, it's like, okay, let's focus on this and try this again. But some people may not, some people maybe just be like, okay, I'm just going to shut it down and just move on to something else. I, I, I feel like I've gotten enough of what this game is. So that's why I'm I like cutting. outer wilds, man. What are the options for cutting? Uh, so what's left right now is we got near automata, mortal Kombat. Eleven, Alan Wake, Wolfenstein, New Colossus, and What Remains of Edith Finch. And we need how many of those? Uh, we got one, two, three, four. We got five on the list now. Uh, we only need f- one, two, three, four. Actually, we got our five right there. Did I miss something different here? Let me see. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, if with what's left, that is our ten. If we cut out our wilds? Yeah, if we cut out our wilds, that's our 10. If you're okay cutting it, I guess. I do like out our wilds. I just, like, I just like think there's some, th- I just think me. there are some things here that really hold up compared to some of these other ones for sure. Um, I like the plot of what remains of Edith Finch. I, I like the idea of that. And the fact that it's a story you can consume in only a few hours, I think oh, makes yeah, totally. it a much better narrative and and something that really like lets you understand what's going on um e- even farther along to this day i know you've forgotten bits but look at the number of games you play anyway um right near is a clusterfuck in of itself but it seems the audacity of that story I, I, that's like, bit, how could I, you do all exactly. this stuff and i think that's the biggest part that really saves it i'm not going to argue with you on mortal Kombat 11 i think we've i think out of the 
amount of time we've spent talking about Mortal Kombat 11 in previous podcasts, I don't know what else there really needs to be said. I will say for Mortal Kombat 11 that it not only is it like the best story, but as far as like a fun time travel story, like you getting to meet your past selves, it also does serious pretty well where you can see what, cause Raiden goes insane and he kills a bunch of people. You can see Raiden going to the point where he's like, I don't want to become this. And you can see the distrust from like older self, Luke Kane and Kun Lao of like, what happened to Raiden? What happened? So it impacts the story in weird ways that is just so fucking well done, but easy to follow at the same time. I got to want to ruin Mortal Kombat story for you guys. I really fucking think you should just play Mortal Kombat 11 story or do do a Dandan and watch the cut hour or cutscenes. It's three hours of cutscenes, and then you can be done watching that story, Kyle, and be and said you've seen the greatest story in a fighting game ever. Same. I, I have it on Xbox now. Yeah, you said you had started it. Yeah, like I, yeah, on PlayStation I started it. Oh, okay. Oh wait, no, I started on an Xbox. I did. Uh, I didn't get as far as I did on PlayStation. So that's just a fun one to watch. That's fantastic. All, so. And then Wolfenstein. I don't. That's just one of the coolest fucking stories I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so cool as far as the things you have to do in that game. Setting off a nuke in Arizona, going walking near, because uh, America has given up at that point. Like they're not. They just give in to Nazi rule. So there's like people walking down the street in clan out Ku Klux Klan outfits because it's okay now for them. And I was like, dude, this is fucked up. And it's some really cool shit in that, movie, that fucking game. Like, wow, that's just fucked up. You have to go see Hitler. And he's just pissing himself because he's just geriatric at this point. And he, and he, he fucking holds a gun to your head and makes you do an acting scene. It, oh, man, the shit that happens in New Colossus, you get your head cut off and <laughs> and your group catches your head before it falls into a dumpster or a ravine or something. And they reattach it in a little jar to a superhuman soldier from a Nazi group that they stole to give me back your life. Like this game is so oh my fucking God. weird. It's so fucking cool. I guess I need to play this one. It's fucking insane, Kyle. Like you meet your, your dad used to be an abusive thing. Like the first thing they make you do in the game is kill your own dog. Uh, cause your dad, cause your dad's punishing you for talking to a black woman. Uh, cause he's just a fucking asshole. And so you have to shoot your dog. It's one of the first things you do in the game. Later, you go back to your house and your dad is there and he turns you into the Nazis. He goes, I, he goes, I killed you because he turned in his mom. His mom was Jewish and he gave her up to the Nazis. And he's like, I turned in your mom. I'll turn you in too. And the Nazis show up and that's Frau Angle. Like I told you how good of a villain she is. She shows up with this giant ass, like, uh, kind of like a helicarrier, like the shield helicarrier and just picks up your house. And the next level, you have to escape killing Nazis in your house. that's being lifted through the air <laughs> on this giant ass helicarrier. And the house is being flipped around and shit as the helicarrier swaying. It's such a cool fucking yeah. game, man. But first you kill your dad before you even get pulled up. Cause your dad says something and you're like, Oh, they're not going to save you. And you just put a bullet in his head or something like that. It's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> Uh, what about Alan Wake, Kyle? You think Alan Wake's... I like Alan Wake a lot, but I don't know. Oh, I love Alan Wake. I love uh, Alan Wake, too. I feel like the the ending was a little weak. Um, But, I mean, overall, the story and the the writing and the fact that the... 
it, and it's not just character. It's that the fact that the character has voice, uh, just being his own narrator, um, through the entire thing of what what is actually going on in his head. You you kind of get like another perspective on it. See, I feel like that's an argument for Hellblade, though. Too, wasn't that the argument we had for Hellblade? Yeah, not not like this though. Th- this is more this this is like it's directly him narrating the 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 story. Like I don't I don't know the best way to if it's the best way to describe it, but it it kind of reminds me if you've ever watched the original cut of uh Blade Runner. There's this whole detective commentary that Decker has um, with himself that it, it's just, you know, him kind of monologuing in his head. And that's basically what's in the game. And it, it I don't know. I, it's I a feel cool presentation like, style for sure. Yeah. Just the way that, that, that voice, that presentation, it, it, it just adds to, you know, giving you more of a sense of, of the characters in the world, you know? Yeah, because you get how someone else feels about those characters. I like Alan Wake. If if Sherm's okay with that, Sherm, you don't want to fight for Outer Wilds or Hellblade over that. Uh, I don't necessarily think so. Uh, I I okay. don't then see okay any problems it. there. However, what I'd like to propose here right now is this, guys. So we are actually getting rather close to the two minute mark here. Do we need to make this a full like two part episode where we come back? Is it two hours? Yeah, is it two minute, two hours. We're two. We're about two hours. Uh, like almost at the two hour mark on this recording right now. Do we want, want to? Do we want to plan on splitting this up and uh, leaving everybody kind of uncertain as to how we're going to rank things here until the week after? Uh, with the rest it might of give you a chance games. to see the stories more, so you guys could actually look at the stories a little bit more. Might be an opportunity. I'd be okay with sure. that. Okay. Well, let's... Like if you guys want to do that, and I'll give you some more time to look at the stories. Yeah. I knew this was going to be a beast of a topic. Yeah, this one this one definitely kind of like kicked the shit out of me, too, and I'm sure it did for the rest of you and especially for our audience. So let's do this, then. We're going to mm-hmm. leave our topic episode for this week here at a part one. So... Let's round this up, guys. What we've got left on our list in top stories in video games. And again, th- this is not in a one through ten order, folks. This is this is just what is left for us to actually sort out into said order. But you're going to have to catch up with us next time here. We've got Chrono Trigger, Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1, The Last of Us, Red Dead Redemption 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Nier Automata, Mortal Kombat 11, Alan Wake, Wolfenstein 2 New Colossus, and... What remains of Edith Finch? Those are ten great stories. They are, and unfortunately, they are not in the proper order yet, and uh, they won't be until they are not next week. Is there a proper order? I'm wondering. Yeah, Mortal this Kombat 11, right decision. at the top. That'd be great. Ah, wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> just go ahead and do it now. We just call it if you want. <laughs> wow! So with uh, with that cl- <laughs> no, not even I with think that <laughs> clusterfuck of a uh, announcement made there. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, so if you want to check out the next story one, you're going to have to catch us here in a part two on that. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's part one of Top Stories and Video Games Topic. Don't forget to check us out on anchor.fm slash the-npcs-podcast. That is the home 
of our podcast. You can find all the links to all the platforms you are supported on, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So please be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on social media on Facebook and Twitter at the NBC's podcast. Go ahead and find us on there. You can find every link to everything else. We're all on there as well, including our YouTube, our uh, Twitch, and well, actually, that's really everywhere we're at. Uh, if you find us on YouTube, of course, on Friday nights at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, Kyle and I do a weekly video game news roundup where we talk about that week's video game news and, of course, provide our commentary on that news as well. This last week, we talked about the big Capcom hack. We talked about the band hammer coming from Nintendo on a upcoming Super Smash Brothers Melee tournament and, of course, gave our thoughts on everything that was going on there and more. So be sure to tune in on Facebook and YouTube again, 8 p.m. Mountain Time on the NPCs channel. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We'll catch you all in the next episode with part two. Later.